Morning, Mr. Burr. Good morning, Mr. Shekin. How are you on this fine spring morning? God, it's too bloody warm. I want winter back, but yeah, fine otherwise. Mr. Shekin, there is an ice cream stick in this toast. Well, five points for observation. But I must admit the toast is also very soggy and quite cold. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a byproduct of the process. But, you know, how's it taste? Really good, actually. Um, I've, I've now just managed to get a whole lot of stuff that's, that's dripped down into my beard. So I feel like I, I need a shower now. What is this creation called, Mr. Shekin? Oh, Mr. Boer. It is obviously the LOL iPop Experimental Toasty Special. You've lost me on that one, I'll be honest. It's an ice cream stick in the toast, and then yeah. the toast is soggy and wet, and it's dripped down into my beard. Like an ice cream, Mr. Shepard. It's very visual, which is why a joke written down doesn't sometimes. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to dress myself up as a movie. <laughs> toast is sync design, shaggy shaggy mugger. All right. Uh, it's, been, it's been a while since we, we've, we've done a podcast now. Um, before we get, we get into our topic, obviously, it's the recent learnings. I saw something the other day, which, I mean, it is just so on topic of this podcast, was an automatic toaster. But from like the 1970s, 1960s okay, right. sort of time frame. And effectively, what, how it works is that it's got a thermostat built into it on either side of the thermostat. So in each sort of sleeve um, where you put your bread into. Each bay. Yeah, bay, that's a better word. Um, it's got then two heaters on either side. And then on the other side of the toast is a different kind of heater altogether. Okay. And what they've done is they've calibrated it. Because the thermostat is shielded on its sides from the heater from that side, because obviously you don't want to just toast yeah. the bread from one side, it, it can only sense heat from the bread itself. That's nifty. And then what they've done is they've calibrated it. If it generates that heat, okay. it is that color, that, that temperature. And, right. then, and you will, and even better yet, you put the bread in, there's no levers, no push it down, it automatically goes down. And then automatically goes up and not the ding, you know toast flicks up yeah, it just slowly lifts up and it's just for me it fascinated me because it's it's automatic but there are no sensors in the sense of an ir sensor yeah, and, and it doesn't tell you what it's doing probably no nothing of the sort so there's no there's no there's no led readouts there's no, no um app that buzzes when your toast is 10 seconds out there's, there's exactly you just said yeah. i want this kind of brownness to it and you will get that brownness i think those time. sorts of machines are the perfect machines because yeah you know, I think everyone's gone for the sort of visually keep me aware. No, yes, if you're piloting your A380, yes. <laughs> Bob, Bob and Jeff do need to have some info. But also, again, you know, there's this yeah. limited information that's available. But yes, you think the household, I mean, the kettle. It doesn't tell you how close it is to boiling. No. I mean, it could have like a, a NASA-style oh, sure tip to go. I'm yeah. pretty sure. You know, one that is completely color-changing. Yeah, just, it, just totally it, unnecessary. Exactly. It, it doesn't, you don't need those extra sort of factors. It, you know, when I look at a, a design, I say a design is complete when it's solved the problem. Yes. The readout of your toast is done. It, you don't need the readout. What, I mean, worst case, if, you, if there is a specific problem where you can't be in the vicinity to have seen, heard, or something yes. of that sort, then maybe an indication at that point. But certainly, you don't need that reader where you... I mean, who sits and watches their toast toast? I mean, unless your toast is so ho horrible that you have to press it to press you that button to, to yes. manually release it, but then this renders that irrelevant. <laughs> it's a bit like a fire at a refinery. You sort of have to be there to monitor every step of, of the way. But yes, yeah. Okay. Right. What are we talking about today? I thought we could do word games again for the All simple right. reason that 
we get into the stage where, where third years are kind of wrapping uh, wrapping things up and we'll be into the, the marking phase. But then that's basically it for this year. Then yep. you know, a couple of these where, where students can think about that content while they're going into back work and, mm. and through into to the next year to then try again, try better, try try differently. Yeah. And it's um it's nothing new, but I I kind of like the words. Um, mm. and, and what they basically uh, said in, in this, this technical paper was that when it comes to the creative process, there are basically three things that you can be okay. as, a, as, as people. One is, and it's the, it's the top one that we say, and it's the situationalist, where right. you park yourself in the situation and you try and you use a lot of sort of creativity and um, role play, but there's almost a lot of sort of simulation of how would I do this and yes. if that works. And and you, you can kind of do quite a lot of design just like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. situationless, right, I'm in the kitchen, I need to do this, or I'm trying to toast bread, but I've only got one finger left and one hand because of all the other toasters I've had. All those exactly, sorts of things. yeah. Yeah. The next one is what's known as the structuralist, and that's somebody who follows the rules, the procedures. Okay. I'm going to yes. you know, functional analysis. It's going to be very mathematical. There's going to be a free body diagram of of how, what the problem is all about. And okay. then I'm just, I'm, I'm just going to solve it using maths and physics. Sure. By crashing them sort of together. And then the, the last one is the sort of inspirational list, which is, you know, your sort of classic type inventor, someone who can come up with something which once you unpack that idea is kind of vastly complicated along the route. Yes. And I was trying to work out, can you separate these or can you sort of combine them all together? Um, and then these are generally about, the, I mean, the paper talks about the creative process, which sure. is very much the creation of the solution. Yeah, sure. But obviously we always say that, you know, um, and, and there's been a lot of pressure over the past couple of years to make sure that problems, the problem solving skills students don't just vaguely say um, cars are dangerous and now oh yeah no exactly high yes, speed yeah. rapid rail transport um, and I think that obviously plays on the problem side of things and on the solution side of things but students are starting to realize that that's not a, a sequential thing it's yeah. very much in terms of looping as, well, as yeah, you go through it, it exactly now certainly I mean as you said we follow a lot of the, the, the um, situation list uh, approach in how we how we tackle podcast topics firstly let's imagine ourselves as the paraplegic person or as the armless person whatever the case is and i certainly see a lot of students do the structuralist approach yes of uh, okay i start here then my next system is this my next system is this my next system is this i have now done x number of systems i'm done yeah yeah um i can't quite picture is uh, can you paint a picture of what a uh, inspiration is maybe how they might approach a design i can't quite picture I think the inspirational list is, is the, where the creative process doesn't necessarily be in there. It, it could be, I'd say, from like the brainstorming thing where you're, you're on a beach somewhere and you're watching a, a, a dolphin okay. catch prey or something and all of a sudden it's like, right, I've okay. got a way to apply force in water. Let me, let me turn that into something real. Um, you've been inspired by something. Now, mm. and, and that's why, that's why certainly with the way that I've tried to do things, there's certainly, I'd say, quite a lot of inspiration just because, you know, if you, if you are quite creative and quite curious and, yeah. you know, you read up on all kinds of funny stuff, if you put yourself into the situation, and we've had many cases, even with a fire extinguisher from sort of a few yeah. episodes back, 
where I, I definitely think that there's a bit of the inspiration stuff that comes in, mm. which is something which you sort of develop with time, but you know, it's something which you do have to work on. But I, and that's what I was trying to work out. The structure list is, is the thing in here, which I'm, yes, don't get me wrong, when you're busy designing a wing, yeah. the inside bits, <laughs> okay, literally, you are a literal structuralist. But there it's a, you know, it's, it's a very procedural type, yes. type thing. And I think to try and explain to students the, you know, um, in, in, in X's words, a sort of procedural design versus non-procedural design. I think when it comes to inspirationalist, that is the very definition of non-procedural design and that you, you're sort of... Yep. You're creating the process and the thing all at the same time. Situationalist could be where you, you, you put yourself in the situation. So it is, let's call it a procedural thing. I'm in the kitchen, there is bread that needs to be toasted. Yeah. But if there's a level of inspiration involved, that's where the um, sort of uh, non-procedural type design yes. approach could come into. But the structuralist, struggling to see. I think that is the very definition of somebody that literally only follows procedural yeah. design. Which you can do, and you can create good solutions, and you can produce creative solutions in a very kind of ordered, structured way. I don't think I've ever worked like that. When when I think about it, you know, if, if you're no. designing things, it's um, oh yes, we're gonna we're gonna follow a procedure and a structure for this, and then for this, and then I, I think we kind of smash that to bits when we get to the integration phase. Yeah, exactly. Because that's where you can throw in creativity and inspiration. In the case, why use two of them? What if we can push it up instead of pull it down? Yes, and then you you sort of do that sort of. Well, sort of okay. Then let's look at it at the, the different sort of stages of the um, the, the design. So the, the problem identification, the situation. You mean this, the first ninety nine percent of my project? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a great section you've got there. But I turned page two and I didn't see much. Um, but certainly, situationless for identifying the problem is incredibly important. I think more than anything, it identifies best the users. And the environment definitely it is a breaking it down and i mean that's one thing which you can see with a lot of the the faulty stuff which is starting to mark is mm. um students didn't, didn't really get that but quite correct no. but i also think you could also do that i mean if you think about the words that we always say when it comes to problem solving you could actually be a structuralist oh, i need to uh, step one i need to um get some analysis and then i need to identify the users and then i need to break it down into uh yeah, yeah. requirements and you, know, you could say that that is quite a structured type thing but i'm definitely put myself in the situation and work with it there as opposed to follow the, the sort of the sets um, procedure list we've talked about in the past i've i've tried to at points give students a, a you should look at covering these points it's the what are the current solutions what's wrong with them yes. factors that have led to it why solve the problem and students being naturally structuralists, I think more from other courses because other courses, your other your your thermodynamics it's the way courses, you pass the other courses. Exactly, exactly. It's structuralist approach. Now, when you're trying to then do it rigorously, right? What are the current solutions and things like that? The problem is, and especially when you're looking at complex problems, lines start to blur between current solutions, factors that have led to the problem, and when lines blur and you get that non things that don't line up in, in, a, in a great orderly fashion then it starts to fall apart if you have a well-defined problem yes. design a trebuchet that can launch x number of meters yes. with x number of weight then a structuralist approach works yes. because if we can start breaking okay what is the payload what is the distance what is the mm. the mission profile and stuff so i think a structuralist approach for and then maybe it's a case of sub problems the identification of sub problems within the overall global problem 
a structuralist approach is maybe applicable. I definitely think so. You know, you think, all right, I need to, well, this big fancy contraption needs to move, therefore it needs power. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how, how, how much? The structure, the structuralist is, is what everyone is going to end up doing. You're not yep. going to be sort of like, let's pick up the space rays and focus <laughs> the sunbeams and, and get some birds to flutter us along. You know, it's, it's very much going to be the kind of structured type, type approach. Um, and, and, and that's where I think, you know, obviously reading this article, yeah. it's, um, you know, it's got a lot of the stuff beforehand and it's also got things on the different design steps. You know, I'm always just trying to find out. Um, I was delighted that when I opened this one up, it had, you know, there are only three ways to solve the problem. Something <laughs> well, okay, it's done. <laughs> well, they didn't call it modification, conversion, and new. They, okay. called, it ad- they called it adaptation. <laughs> d- d- uh, d- d- something like different applicability and new. So it's yeah. a case of, all right, fine. I've now got something which is, yes, there are the three sorts of things to do. And then with the creative stuff, um, what they had is also the sort of set of, of how to sort of trigger these things off. And I mean, we've covered things like Triz before. Yeah. Where, well, what does Triz do? And the thing is, sometimes it, I would say it's more inspirationalist than situationalist. But yeah. Triz is also structural. It's a thing of... I know, very seg- much. Seg- the principle of segmentation, the principle of using an, a pop, you know, a, a, yeah. an, an, an opposite thing or a different material. And you think, okay, different material. I would probably put myself in a situation where I can see those two materials working or the principle of segmentation working, I would imagine it happening. Like I would almost have it in my hands because I'm a very kind of visual problem solver. Yeah. And I think, but you might also have the, you know, the principle of segmentation and someone just thinks like, bang, and there's this brilliant idea. That might not be situationalist, that might be the inspirationalist. But you also might get the segmentation with the case of, right, I must, desi- I must design this, break this thing up into two. Hmm, let me cut it in half over there. You, you do yeah. it in a structural type way. I think then, though, that from a problem identification standpoint, step one, inspirationalist will may help you identify a unique problem. It's from the start, but not... Yes. Um, okay, so uh, the broad get an idea on the gist, but that full identification... I think it's either the structuralist or situationist more, I think it's situationist yes. type approach. And then the inspirationalist in terms of how we solve that problem, I think inspirationalist, you know, as you said, in that, oh, shit, I hadn't thought about it. Let's use the wind from birds as they take off to clear sand litter or, or whatever the case is. Um, and yeah, okay. So, so I mean, what, what, what I think here is that I don't think you end up being one of the three. And I mean, the, the sort of, the way this was written is a case of, there are people who, you know. Yeah, I identify as this. Forte. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's a case of, all right, yes, I am definitely a fold your slice of pizza into a U-shaped <laughs> thing to up the eye value so it doesn't fall. I am one of those people. And I eat a burger with a knife and fork. Okay, fine. So where do I fit into yeah. into one of those? But the point is, if you're eating a burger, you, you, you know, you, it, it, it is sort of all three. Yeah, I think that's thing is, is be aware of the various ones and their advantages if you find you are stronger in one i think then it's a case of i find you you're, you're better than at being a structuralist that's fine it doesn't mean you cannot be a situationist it doesn't mean you cannot be an inspirationist but what it means is that you need to identify i am weak as a structuralist and i'm weak as an inspirationist and if there is a task that requires those skills. So identification of users, I'm weak at it because I'm a weak situationist. The uh, hypothesis of a type of problem, 
inspirational some week and therefore I need to put yeah. my time into that. But that point of when I've got the problem, I need to break it down into steps. I'm strong in that. Okay, well, I don't need to put three weeks off the side yeah. for that. I can actually jump into it. I think it's very important when it comes to sort of students who are working in groups as well, because you know, if you were to take three people, I think having one of each is probably fine. Um, yeah. But, but if all three of them are inspirationalists, be a fascinating report, Mr. Shekin, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, it's we'll good. be combing the hair on unicorns before you know it. <laughs> no, just jump from topic to topic. We could, or we could, we could, or we could do this, and then we could do this, and then then, then we're going to light this one on fire and use the heat energy to boil steam, and that use that from the sun, and and so on. So exactly, forth. and I also think if you had uh, if you had three structuralists in a in a project, it, it, I don't know whether the solution would end up being very good, but it's it's going to be death by analysis. I, I think yeah, it will be death by analysis. It, it will be. It will be the electric car. It will be the, the, the solution we've seen a hundred times. There'll be something, hopefully, that's somewhat new um, or, or a little bit different. And at the same time, also a situationalist, they can put themselves in, in the shoes and things like that. And they, they can do that, but it doesn't mean that they necessarily know how to solve it. So, I mean, let, let's just pick that very example. You, okay. said, you said electric car. So yeah. let's assume, uh, all right, fine. Uh, there's a transportation type thing. Yep, yep. And yes, you're right. I think the structure list is going to go for, yes, we're going to uh, get rid of carbons. Carbons we're going to focus some, somewhere on else, yeah. some other problem. Energy other will be user. the focus. We will not look at anything but energy. No big picture ideas. All right, situation list. Going to park you on the side of the road with all these cars coming past. Yeah, uh, what happens if I do a long journey? What happens if I do a short journey? Where am I going to charge this? Yeah. Um, I think the inspirationist is like, well, just work from home. <laughs> yeah, inspirationist. Get the this. shopping to come to you. Yes. I or, mean, who's been to a bookstore recently? You know. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things. Where yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. You know, just think about all the stuff which take a lot has delivered in the past ten years, and think yeah, that used to be sort of Saturday morning, end of the month trek to the shops get these days it's a case of uh yeah um stay in bed and, and order or whatever. exactly i mean we talked about that whole idea of uh, a number of podcasts go bring the beach to yourself inspiration let's go that approach it's almost tossing things on its head i think so and, and i think that's why it's quite important that you look at it from definitely the breaking down of the, of the problem, yeah. problem definition phase and then the sort of solution type phase but the one thing which i'm finding that that students uh, are focusing more on the hype of breaking the problem down and then more of the overall solution is is the the standard good old thing which we don't really talk about and that's the sort of you know the general development of of good concepts and then the evaluation of it you find that students are now focused on the front end and then the, the back end mm. and you're starting to find that the stuff in the middle is uh it's just a bit lackluster um mm. certainly with a, with a couple of full here reports that i started with it's uh yeah, very nice front end, very nice back end. I mean, specifications galore, Mr. Shepard. Yeah, exactly. Tell me how yellow the bus is, but it's <laughs> how, how noisy the bus is and how much it rolls around a bend. All the good, nice stuff. And that's a case of, but it's an ordinary bus. Yeah. Um, and obviously, that's, uh, you know, I, I think that the, the COVID years did have an effect on it. But um, I certainly try and sort of, you know, toward the end of this year, get the third years to just start thinking about these sorts of, of things going into fourth year. I think you, you sort of hit a, a bit of a nail on the head there. If, you know, it's one of the things, it, it's part of the clause of a complex problem that requires creativity or, or, or not. Complex problems have yeah, clause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Told students they're a monster. <laughs> they're a monster. <laughs> they're a monster. <laughs> they're a monster. <laughs> so uh, creativity now 
Creativity is not necessarily you seek, like, oh, my solution must be creative. Do you have to be creative to, to do well at design? No. And, and my point is, is that for me, creativity comes down from, if you have approached a problem and when looking at what ways can I do this, mm-hmm. you have looked at the various alternatives yeah. and fairly judged them, it may end up that the electric bus is just the best solution. Correct. Okay. So Correct. it's not about being creative. It's not forcing it to be a hover yes. bus on maglev. But if that maybe is better, creativity has come from you've looked at the alternatives. Yep. And that consideration for alternatives, in part, I think, comes down from, I think, mostly inspirationalist. But then it can almost be a structuralist approach where it's, it's take the idea of what we want to do and break it down into its basic functions. So do you, th- yeah, could you, could you structure your inspiration? Like, for example, if you are an inspirationalist or a structuralist, I, I think that's, that's a, I mean, if you, yeah. if you take the situation list, if you keep yourself immersed in the kitchen, you're going to end up with a Jetson-style kitchen. Yes. Yeah. But if it's a case of you immerse yourself in the kitchen to solve the toast problem, then come out of it, then work out, all right, now we've created, uh, we need to make sure we've got a fire evacuation, and now we're going to try and cut down energy and all that sort of stuff, and then immerse yourself back into it, then you, then you are applying structure to the other two. And I think that's probably... Um, one of the most important things as opposed to just uh, you know sitting on the grass under the tree breathing that reefer in nice and deep and being <laughs> an inspirationalist uh, all the time and, and then i think it's where structuralists maybe then start to succeed in the higher end or the, the more complex problems is repetition of a particular kind of problem yes definitely so and be- keeping control of them then i think it is easier because yeah. you you're used to it you know what's coming so essentially the situation is thing you've developed over time you know what the situation yes. is not because you've always put yourself in but because through trial and error you found i forgot to take into account that there's going to be speed bumps on the road yes. um okay so your situation is weak but you there but through experience you already got that predefined list your nice structural list of right don't forget speed bumps don't forget yeah. corners don't forget pedestrians don't forget bus stops and, and you can go from the structure as approach so i think again it's not something again that you have to be one or the other because yes if you haven't done the structuralist details you won't know about the speed bumps you won't know about the bus stops yeah. and the difference in height and pavement to road and so on but what you can get to point is if you there's a topic you're interested in I mean, something we say is, as engineers, you should be interested in something. Something. Mm-hmm. Then put your time into it, especially in a fourth-year project context. You there is a large amount where you can be defining your own problem. You're choosing your own problem for yourself. So if there's something you're interested in, and you find you're weak as a structuralist and an inspiration list. Yeah. Start just getting into topics where you're interested in it, and read up on stuff so that when it comes down to it your situation is something that's been you developed over the last four years just that's by, right yeah good of us all right anyway we've got we've got another word game for the next episode we'll get to that then thank you very much for listening we'll catch you in the end cheers